speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some centuries ago, Blaise Pascal said this, I think, therefore I am. The things I think shape who I am. Anglicans often say praying shapes our believing. What we pray molds our identity, tells us where we give our hearts. Nutritionists in my life tell me we are what we eat. And so I want to offer this corollary this morning. We are what we sing. And I'm wondering what song you will sing this season as uh, we come to Christmas in a few days. I wonder what song you'll sing as Brenda has described the unexpected resurgence, the ugly head reared again of, of Omicron and Delta and such. I wonder what song you actually sing in your life. This is a season where music fills the air. It started about Labor Day in retail stores with those holiday tunes that can be earworms. And uh, that's probably another topic of another sermon, what we do with those. Christmas season comes where tune and text invite us to experience the wonder of God's love in ways that simply, that preacher's words simply can't get at. The music lifts us to that new place to appreciate the wonders of God's love. We've been so blessed, and I thank the music ministers of this church for helping us in this season of Advent with hymns and anthems to experience that just transcendent glory of expectation of hope that comes with these great seasons. And on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we read, as James just read, about a song that Mary sings. And the song that Mary sings becomes something that reveals her identity. Uh, the story goes like this. Mary has gotten the news from Gabriel, as we heard, um, that she was with child, and this was no ordinary child. And she goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth neither of whom should have found themselves in this situation. Elizabeth was too old, Mary was too young. And they come and they share the joy that they have experienced in what God is doing in their lives. And Elizabeth offers a blessing and then Mary sings this song, which we know as the Magnificat, taking its word from the opening line, magnify, and it has woven its way into our liturgy in a whole bunch of ways. Um, and Mary, who is in many ways a model for us as, as disciples, answers the call of God and sings, sings in this powerful way. Well, the story of Mary, she stands out among the cast of characters in the Bible, and I'm telling you, it's a cast of characters, many of whom leading characters who heard of God's call and decided it was a wrong number, that God had the wrong person. And lo and behold, Mary, uh, this young girl, she has her bouts with pondering and perplexity, but she comes to a place where she is so open to this amazing thing that God wants to do in her life. And then as she visits Elizabeth, she sings this amazing song, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. And I wanna talk about that word magnified. Other translations say, My Soul Proclaims the Greatness of the Lord, or a hymn, I think we sing it at the end, tell out my soul, 
the greatness of the Lord, but let's stick with the word magnify. It's a word we use in our culture to look at a magnifying glass, to make something bigger. My gut tells me that Mary didn't think that what she was doing was making God any different than God already was. What was happening was she was coming to understand in that encounter, in that message, in that hope, that God, uh, God's love was greater than she had even imagined before. That the extent to which God would reach out uh, to her, to her people, to you and to me was grander than anything she had ever expected. And so she says, my soul magnifies the greatness of the Lord. What is that greatness? So interesting, right? What is that greatness? It's not the great creation. It's not amazing miracles. It is that God takes the side of the hungry, that God lifts up those who are lowly, that God strengthens those who don't have strength in and of themselves. That is what she sees as God's greatness. And that is what we come to see in Jesus, which we'll celebrate his arrival in just a few days. So to me, um, Mary's song is meant as a model for us to figure out what's the song we sing in our lives. What's the song we sing in this season? What's the song we sing as we, can, as we encounter COVID one more time? What is the song that we sing with our lives? There are ca- there's three things, caution, challenge, opportunity. Caution, this occurred to me this week, and I think it's especially a caution for clergy, is if Mary can magnify the Lord, if Mary can speak of God's greatness and help people see that broader vision, there is the possibility that in what we do and what we say and what we sing, we can diminish the vision that people have of God. That we can present a God as many (laughs) religious folks do, as limited, uncaring about the pain of the world, restrictive, judgmental. Mary tells us that that's not the vision of God. That's not magnifying God. And so that caution comes to all of us. What is it that we present about the God we worship? Do we present this image of God from whose love we can never be separated, a love that comes to every person made in the image of God? That's the caution. The challenge, and this is probably where we find ourselves this morning as Omicron has reared its head again, the challenge is how do we sing the song in the midst of adversity? Mary knew adversity. It was just starting for her as Simeon told her, a sword will go through your heart. And her faithfulness took her all the way to the foot of the cross where she stayed there when other people fled. So Mary knew about the challenge and yet she could sing this song. How do we sing our song, Hallelujah? Vicky's downstairs, but I want you to notice her her Christmas sweater which uh, just take a look when she appears again, right? Um, Is she still here? Is she here? Oh, okay. She told me she wasn't going to be here. Stand up and show us your sweater. Sorry, I'm not really sorry to put you on the spot, Vicki, but it, it doesn't qualify as ugly Christmas sweater. It says, hallelujah, right? And that's the thing that we sing despite what's going on. I thought of other witnesses besides Mary. They're all women, as a matter of fact. Uh, Barbara Harris, who was the first bishop uh, who was a woman uh, consecrated in the Anglican Communion, wrote her memoir. You know what she entitled it? Hallelujah Anyhow. 
Anne Lamott, who's a single mom, a great writer, a single mom who in her life has contended with substance abuse, knows challenge, wrote a, her, her memoir, which is called Any, Hallelujah Anyway, right? And Joan Chittister, a nun who has taken on the challenges of the world with vigor and force, um, wrote a book called Uncommon Gratitude, Hallelujah for All That Is. So the test for the people of faith, the challenge, is to see how we can live into that spirit of hallelujah anyway, even and especially in the challenges that have been brought our, our way with this pandemic. And then here's the opportunity. Our opportunity is to sing our song. Our opportunity is to proclaim the greatness of the Lord, and that greatness is what the psalmist said is God's ways are higher than ours. It's what St. Paul said a love from which we can never be separated. We get to sing that song. We can sing that song in Advent, in Christmas, in all the days of our lives. And whether we're tone deaf or whether we sing like these marvelous people on my right and left, we can all sing that song, which is a song that celebrates the love of God broader and deeper and higher than our imagination. That is what it is in my mind to magnify the Lord and let us do that in the days ahead. Amen.